and was only suitable for people aged 18 or over will almost certainly have an adult theme and might well contain sex or violence which are quite graphic. It may also contain explicit language, including sexual swear words. Thanks for listening. Uh, but here's what his revelation comes to him. He's kind of got all this stuff, like, uh, touching, wiping, mourning of the animals. Not wiping, whipping. whipping. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, not touch, also not touching. I am, I am dyslexic. I, I hope I'm not having like, a stroke. Do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! And an atheist almost always become supporters of eugenics and abortion. A swine is hungry for nuts. Jesus hates him too. Satan is real. Being a Satanist is an open declaration of revolt against counterproductive received wisdom and mindless rogue traditions. Decapitate her head off. We're done. Done. We're done. Obama! Welcome to the Godless Revolution. This is your home for all things ranty. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Going down rabbit holes talking about Saturn Three. It's the whoa! Oh, let there be light. So people don't realize, but the light went out in here earlier, and now it just came back on. <laughs> God must love us. I, ha- I have a light fixture in here attached to the ceiling with two bulbs in it, and one bulb went out. I don't know what three, four minutes ago, <laughs> yeah. and then just decided to magically turn back on again. It's because we're recording now. That's True. what it was. And we obviously, recording before, and obviously are, the so. light bulb that went out is a way higher wattage than the one that's left in there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They they look the same up there. Yeah, but it just got way brighter. You're not supposed to stare at lights. Why? Well, you're colorblind, so you don't know. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> if you would have believed me, this it would have been funny. This is like some <laughs> Donald Trump fucking logic here. Right? <laughs> well, this, well. Is, <laughs> this is episode 124. Uh, as we stated in the previous episode, Mr. Grant Larimer is with us because Hi. we made we're going to make a couple of shorter because episodes. it's all ranty or Ooh. ranty. You said ranty, ranty. <laughs> oh right. Ooh, nice, nice turn yeah. of nice twist of phrase, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mister Mr. Larimer. I'll grant you that one. <laughs> uh, we have we have other news stories and shit to cover. Um, I made some notes from our previous thing, so. Nipple <laughs> protrusion. That's the, that's the name of the episode. <laughs> I'm trying to read. I'm trying nipple to read protrusion your... excursion. Excursion. I was trying to read it upside down. Sorry. <laughs> well, and sloppy handwriting with with me writing over the keyboard, staring over the microphone yeah. while I'm trying to do it. Um. So this episode, we a couple episodes ago, uh, we did the commander in chief. Yes. Forum. And oh, they talked pathetic. a whole lot about the VA. Yeah. And I wanted to get Mr. Larimer's input on some of the things that they talked about because you are a contractor for the VA. I am. I've I've worked with the VA for uh, four and a half years now. And you are um, a veteran yourself. And I'm a veteran myself. I've partook in the VA services myself. Um. And, and so, yeah, and I'm more on the research side than I'm on the medical side. Uh, but I'm, I'm fairly familiar with, uh, the research side. What, what does the research side of the VA do? Well, the VA, the VA does a lot. Mm. I, you know, the VA has, I mean, there are three main services. There's VHA, the Veterans Health Administration, uh, cemetery services, mm. uh, which is a whole separate division of the VA. Um, and then, uh, um, veterans benefits, 
mm. Association, the VBA, mm. which deals with um, uh, home loans and, and like college business or... loans and, and, and college and, and all that stuff. Uh, in the VHA, in the health administration, there's the, the health side. That breaks down into a, a number of different categories, but there's the health side, which is the hospitals, uh, uh, information technology, OINT, um, uh, research, and, and a variety of others. Uh, on the research arm of things, uh, the, there are VA researchers, doctors, and, and researchers, primary investigators, um, who also partner with uh, hospitals. In there, so the Salt Lake VA partners with researchers at the U of U Hospital uh, to do uh, research studies on on all kinds of things related to veteran care, uh, PTSD, and and traumatic brain injury, and uh, you know new new kinds of things, uh, you know uh, prosthetics, of prosthetics, and therapies. Okay. And therapies just kind of across the board, and there's research going on across the country. Uh, every, pretty much every hospital, every VA hospital has a research arm. That's that that there's usually a doctor there uh, doing some kind of uh, healthcare or some kind of research thing uh, that they have going on. And where I work, uh, the program I work in called Vinci. We are kind of a central data hub of all the VA medical records. Um, the, there are something like 136 VA hospitals, and they've been collecting electronic medical records now for over 40 years. They were The VA was actually one of the first to uh, create an electronic medical record system, a lot of the mm -hmm. private practice. A database to, main, to uh, maintain mm -hmm. and manage all of those. Exactly. A lot of the, a lot of the hospitals uh, back in the day actually modeled their initial systems after the VA. Um, and so the VA has, has petabytes worth of data. Mm -hmm. um, but it's all split up uh, across – they didn't think ahead and each hospital has its own database, has its own data thing. Hmm. Um, what what my program does is it brings all of that data from all 136 hospitals for 40 years all into one centralized database hmm. for research purposes. So it's it's a fucking gold mine of data. Hmm. So you know if if some researcher has some theory about, uh, for example, you know. Somebody presents themselves in the ER with with uh, you know elevated blood pressure and headaches and this and this and this, and then six months later they die of this. Then you know we we have the data that that they can use to prove that theory or not, or you know and identify whether there's a factual basis behind that. Or so it's taking a lot of correlative correlative data. To 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 turn that into uh, causation data, right? And and it's up to a researcher to do a lot of that. We just mm -hmm. we just provide the data in a, a very safe and secure uh, manner. And another arm of Vinci is is comes out of the Birmingham data breach, uh, where a researcher had millions of uh, VA records on a laptop. Laptop was stolen out of the back of their car. 
Um, and it was it was a whole big drama thing back in the aughts. A large um, to do. A large to do, and it, it was a large to do. There was a lot of sensitive information, a lot of personal information mm-hmm. that was unencrypted, unsecured. Mm-hmm. That he shouldn't have. So another thing Vinci did was found a way to provide researchers with access to this data in such a way that that they could do the work that they do, um, but do it securely, safely. They never actually have control of the data. Mm-hmm. It's always – They can just view it. They can view it. They can manipulate it. They can work with it. But they never actually have it in their hands or on their device mm. or anything like that. Mm. Um, and they, you know, they can do their studies. We provide a bunch of software, analytical software. There are a lot of research teams. One of the, the great things Vinci figured out was that, you know, a lot of these research teams, which are funded partially by the VA, partially by private grants and, and other grants and things like that. So let me, let me stop you for a second. Sure. So you, you've said Vinci does this, Vinci does that. Is, are you referring just to the software program or what is it named after? Is it a person? No, so Vinci, like one of the things Vinci, Vinci figured out right, is this. Uh, Vinci, Vinci, like everything else in government, it's an acronym. Okay. Uh, Vinci stands for, uh, Veterans Informatics, um, Oh, fucking well, hell. Vinci seems work way better. <laughs> Veter- veterans, <laughs> veterans, informatics and health and, and care. I work on two Shit. different programs at work. It's an acronym. Car and Fuda. And I, I struggled to, I, and I've been doing it for six years and I don't know that I could tell you. I what can't even remember for. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So Vinci, yeah. Vinci is a program within the VA. It's an acronym that, and it was specifically set up with this goal in mind mm-hmm. to consolidate all the, all the electronic medical records and, and, and offer it in, in a secure manner. So that things like the Birmingham data breach wouldn't happen again. Hmm. Um, so as I was about to say, one of the other things we figured out was a lot of these research teams don't necessarily have uh, the finances for a lot of the state-of-the-art uh, analytic software like SAS and and things like that that, that they really need. So Vinci uh, bought a whole bunch of that itself and offers it on a first come first serve basis to research teams so that they don't have to use their precious limited funds mm-hmm. um on on the analytic software that they need uh to to run run the things mm-hmm. that they do so mm-hmm. um and we're also creating a lot of custom software to help help researchers uh pour through the data a lot of uh um uh, what's, oh, fuck, now the, now this slips <laughs> in my mind too. I wasn't prepared to talk about this. I'm sorry. Where, uh, uh, computer, where computers, uh, interpret, uh, language. Like, like where they, um, I was gonna say, especially probably handwritten because. Or... Well, not translators, but like t- typed, uh, um, parsing, parsing, uh. Parsing of data through language? Parsing of data through, through like a paragraph of information. Okay. So if you just um, want to look for, hey, I want to look at every file that says this person had this heart rate. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, and fuck, I sorry, I wasn't. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. Uh, but you know, I mean, you know, parsing, you know, when when you're looking at uh, like uh, a doctor's notes, uh, typed in notes of like three paragraphs worth of data, trying to ex- extrapolate 
the the patient's temperature mm-hmm. from three paragraphs of data is sometimes kind of hard, especially with the English language being what it is. Mm-hmm. So we're developing software that that does that. Oh, you know, a lot of places uh, do that as well. Um, so yeah, so that's that's a program I'm working hmm. on, specific, well, that's very more cool. specifically. So, but you're also a veteran who has. But I'm used, also a veteran who has used VA services, and um, and I've been very disappointed by a lot of the coverage of of this whole VA thing for years now. Yeah. So. Well, we 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 talked about it a little bit uh, pre-show, and you said a lot of what is being presented as problems with the VA really aren't. Uh, as as bad a problem as as they're purported to be, or, or as or as they're portrayed in the media, they're they're not being they're not being portrayed accurately, mm-hmm. and and that is a big disservice to the VA and to the veterans, and because of the inaccuracy of of the way that it's being reported, the actual problems that the VA has, and and I don't deny that they have them. But the actual problems that they have aren't actually being addressed mm-hmm. uh, effectively. Um, you know, they they report all these things about wait times. I mean, that's that's a big thing. Wait times. Wait, you know, uh, all across the board. And the way it's being reported, it's it's letting people think that veterans across the country are are sitting there waiting three, four, six, eight weeks. And and we should just let them go to a civilian hospital or a civilian doctor or whatever, and and that's just not the case. Well, you have those same Only, wait times to go see a doctor in the in yeah. civilian. Well, world. and that's and that's one aspect, and and I'd I'd be happy to get to that, but more so. First off, there are a vast majority of of the VA installations. I, and and forget I'm not a hundred percent sure of of the exact number. I want to say it's in the eighty to eighty five percent range, where there are no wait times. It's o- it's only a small percentage of the VA hospitals and clinics where there's where there's a high demand, and and there are excessive wait times, and the ones where there are no wait times, it's it's not an issue. But that's not really being reported, and where there is high wait times. They, you know, one of the things people keep saying is, well, just go to a civilian doctor. We should just let them do that. We already let them do yeah. that. If, if they can't get an appointment within 30 days, there are, or if they live a certain distance from a VA facility, they're already allowed to go to a civilian facility and, and the VA pays for it. And that's not really widely, uh, well, reported about either. Yeah. And um, was I, I? I was. I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Um, oh, we're talking about wait times and well, that it's not being reported very well or accurately. And yeah. So the so the real problems aren't being aren't being addressed and taken care right. of. And and even with the even with the wait times. And to your point about about the the civilian care. I mean, those, those things happen in, in the civilian medical and mm-hmm. medical environment as well. I mean, right. well, okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot. The other thing that isn't really widely, uh, widely, uh, reported is that 
all of this has to do with making appointments, making appointments with specialists, making appointments mm-hmm. with GPs, making appointments. Every veteran, every VA, every VA hospital that I know of has an emergency room. And every veteran, as far as I know, and, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but my understanding is any veteran can walk into an ER and see a doctor today. They don't have to wait for anything. Now, no, they can't walk into the ER and get their prosthetic adjusted. Mm-hmm. They can't walk into the ER and, and get uh, chemo or something like that. But th- this, this – But if they have a legit uh, emergency, I mean, that goes for any emergency room. That's part exactly. of the Hippocratic Oath. It's going – you know, you can't deny someone medical help when they truly fucking need it. Exactly. And and so this this impression that we're being left with that, that the VAs are sitting there suffering – you know, they're, they're the sitting there bleeding out in, in their apartments or whatever is, and, and that they have to wait three weeks is, is kind of bullshit. Even in high demand areas, like, like, uh, like, like we said before, like San, like San Diego, Diego or and like Phoenix. Yeah. And where the problems were, the ER will, will service everyone who walks in that door. Now, yeah, there's a triage wait time and all that, but they, you know, you get that with it. But you're not going to be in the ER for three weeks. No, you're not going to be in the <laughs> ER for three weeks. And that's not really reported. Another thing that isn't reported is that, uh, that when you call up the VA, at least with the Salt Lake VA, I'm not sure if this is, I would assume it's like this with every, one of the first things a recording says on the VA, uh, when you, when you call them is, is that if you're having mental issues, if you're having thoughts of suicide yeah. or something like this, call this number. There's this number or it's either a number you call or you press one or whatever and you get routed to a mental health professional. Well, I know there's even a uh, veteran's specific suicide hotline. Right. Okay. And I wasn't aware of that. So And that might be tied into the whole thing. Yeah. If you go on the VA website, there there are things in there that will route people they are making great strides in in trying to address the whole mental health issue. The services are there. the The trouble is getting the the veterans to them. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, a lot of times, um, you know, there there are a lot of veterans out there who who don't necessarily know that the services are there or know that they're that they qualify for those services. Um, I think an issue too with some, I mean, especially in the service, people are a little bullheaded. Yeah. People are a little, got the macho aspect going on. So when it comes well, to issues, that, that like, oh, I don't it. need to go in. I'm, I'm fine. Or, yeah. So, and, and as far as the, you know, going back to wait times and, and the wait times are a problem. The wait times have been a problem in Phoenix and, and certain other, uh, other areas. And, and the reality is it's really a whole lot simpler than people are trying to make it. It's really just a supply and demand issue. There are certain areas like San Diego, like Phoenix, with, with high demand, with a lot of people that need help and they're understaffed. And all the, the solution is hiring more physicians. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that, that's a solution. There are certain areas like, you know, the Salt Lake VA, which, which is adequately sa- staffed as far as I know. And maybe they'll see, Peak, uh, peak demand at certain times, maybe a couple of weeks, they'll have a whole bunch of people and, and it will over, overflow their scheduling system, which is why we have that 30 day, uh, overflow mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. in place. And if, if they have a short term peak demand, 
then then that can be accommodated by you know far, farming them off to a civilian but in in these perpetual peak areas the solution is really simple they just need to hire more people so and, yeah and and i know there's argument you know well you just can't throw money at the problem but yeah you can yeah. you can just hire <laughs> more doctors yeah. i mean that it's really simple problem to solve sometimes Please stand by. The Godless Revolution will continue in a moment. Here follows a public service announcement for the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast. <laughs> Greetings, Americans. Over here in London, we are well aware that not all of you are loud, xenophobic, racist, sexist, religious nuts. But many of your politicians who display these frightful traits seem to be quite popular. Particularly a certain wall-obsessed, small-handed, best word-using, daughter-perving, war-inciting, candy-floss-headed clown. To those of you who choose to follow such balderdash, we strongly recommend not to listen to the two sceptical chaps. It probably won't be your cup of tea. Otherwise, give us a listen. Each episode, we cover any news or current affairs from across the globe. Things that annoy or delight us. That's two, as in the number two. And sceptical with a K. The wrong way to spell it. Cheerio! You and the Godless Revolution will be reassimilated in three... Two, one. So one of the one of the problems that I've noticed or that I've thought about anyway is that in years past or wars or conflicts past, we didn't have nearly as many soldiers returning home alive. You know, yes. Yeah, uh, returning yeah. home alive. Yeah. You know, back before they had body armor and and all of these other protective devices. Well, not just that. It's it's the the modern medical practices in the field that have advanced so for, so much further to the point where it's like, oh. Like we used to, it used to be, you know, hey, you got your leg blown off. Okay, let's put a wrapping on that. Okay, it's still bleeding. Let's elevate it. They're like, fuck that. Put a tourniquet on it. Yeah, it'll stop yeah. the bleeding immediately. Yeah, yeah. dude, save, but he's not gonna have yeah, a leg. So, so advances in field services, advances in protection for our soldiers that when they're injured, they don't die as yeah. often as yeah. they used to in in previous wars and conflicts. And so we have a lot more people returning that are broken. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, they're they're returning alive, but they have something wrong with them. I mean, they, yes. They've they've got shrapnel. They've lost a limb. You know, whatever. But they're they're still coming home alive. But now we have to care for those people. Yeah. Yes. Um, have they been building many new VA hospitals well, and, and to accommodate any of this, or to to the extent that they can? Yes. Uh, within the the confines of the budget, I don't I don't specifically know the answer to that. So mm. I'm not gonna. I'm I'm sure they're they're building as much as they can. I, I can tell you that from what I've seen, we never prepared mm-hmm. for back in, in 03 when we got into the, the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, we never prepared for the outcome of it and, and all of these vets that were going to come home. And, and I, I don't want to guess at numbers. I'd, I'd have to do some research. I, I you know, I, I know that we didn't fund the VA to prepare for the number of vets that were going to come back injured mm. and broken. Mm. Uh, and, and I would not be surprised if some time over that, what, 13 year period that there were multiple VA cuts. It, it wouldn't surprise me at all, but I'm not sure what the numbers are, but I know we didn't prepare the VA for the outcome. 
and not even the outcome of of the Iraq and Afghan Afghanistan wars, but the outcome of of the the other VA population, veteran population from World War II, Korean and uh, Vietnam, Vietnam that are getting older and requiring more and more services. Mm. And we just haven't prepared. And this dates back, again, this dates back to the early aughts. Uh, we just never prepared for We never financed them sufficiently to do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And this this bullshit argument about farming them off well if the va can't do it you know we're we're going to give you a couple of dimes to take care of uh the veterans and if you can't do it on a couple of dimes well let's just farm them off let's privatize it let's farm them off permanently and let them you know go off to the the uh, private sector is the most expensive fucking solution you could yeah. you could possibly because they're gonna pay a fucking dollar fifty out out on the uh, private market for what the VA would cost the VA to hire a couple of more doctors. Yeah, mm. you know it's it's just fucking ridiculous. We we need to fund the VA more appropriately and and build up their resource. They they do have problems. They have problems with an outdated architecture. Uh, you know, a lot of their software systems are outdated and need to be upgraded. There's, there's an issue with a handoff of data between mm-hmm. the, the DOD and the VA. Mm. And that's been ongoing because, and, and well, I've, I've actually been involved in this directly. My program was kind of looking, we have a program called, so I'm with Vinci. We have a program called Da Vinci, which is the DOD <laughs> and Vinci. Uh, I use that program too. Working on, Da Vinci? Yeah. That's the color grading program I use. It's called Da Vinci. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, and, the, and the problem with this handoff is that the, the DOD built their own e, e, uh, EMR program and the VA has their own EMR program and they're not compatible. And, and they've spent millions, probably billions, trying to make them compatible and it just doesn't work. Well, and is it so, isn't also an, an issue beyond be you know with the services in in their own because every service has a different place where they keep their data or do stuff and that's and that's different all programs yeah because I know services. when I went from the Air Force to the Army it was like a fucking hassle to get my records switched over yeah exactly so I mean you know the the entire system DOD to VA all the services I mean it just needs a complete rewrite. I mean, you know, and and that would be fucking expensive. But if you really want to solve this problem, that's that's the way you do it. So, I mean, there are problems, but it's not. Say they're not they're not unique to the VA. They're not unique to the VA, and it's not being reported accurately yeah. or concise. It's a complex problem, and trying to report it in 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 talking points and and a couple of bullet points and a meme. Here and there is is doing a, a very bad disservice to the VA and the veterans, mm. and and doesn't help us focus on on the issues at hand. Yeah, mm. and and ousting people like uh, like Shinseki, which because of the whole Phoenixing, the Phoenixing yeah. was bad. It wasn't. It wasn't VA wide though. It wasn't. First off, it wasn't VA wide, and second off, and here's the other bullshit thing. I I won't remember all the little bits and details about it, so I I would highly re- recommend looking looking this up because there's there's articles partially debunking 
this whole number going around from from what's her name the the uh, the female uh, Republican candidate Bachman. No, not Bachman. Uh, the candidate oh, uh, Carly uh, Fiorini. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fiorini liked throwing around the. I think the number was seven hundred thousand, or maybe it's three hundred thousand. I forget what the number. We is. all know Trump's how Republican using, numbers work. Yeah. Trump's using the number to that seven hundred thousand veterans died waiting for care in the VA, oh, please, or something like that. I forget what that number was, and it's it, the whole thing is kind of the whole thing is bullshit. Phoenix was part of that. There, there may or may not be partial truth to that, but it's not what it seems. In in the late nineties, part of part of the reason why that number is bullshit, whatever number they throw out of of the number of veterans that died waiting for care. In the late nineties, the VA introduced a new database system, and they imported all this shit into it into this holding state, and. A lot of people they imported into this holding state were already dead. Yeah. They were already dead when they imported them into it. And so now when they do these queries and come up with this number of 700,000 that died waiting for care, those were a lot of those were people who were already dead before they even uh, were, were part of the system. Mm hmm. And and a lot of the, there's another chunk of people in that number that were people who just came to the VA just generally interested in services. They weren't looking for they weren't like uh, they had thyroid cancer and they were looking to get cured, but they were just you know coming to the VA looking for healthcare. They got miscategorized in this holding area, and then they ended up dying later on. And so now they're counted as dying because they came to a VA looking about a home loan. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, it's widely, and there's, there's a lot more detailed, uh, information kind of laying out why that number is so inaccurate. Mm -hmm. I can't remember all of it. Um, but I, I can tell you, I mean, the VA, the care people get at the VA, I mean, the, the, the rates of, uh, what uh, customer service of, of the feedback people get as far as the care they receive when they get into a system is is nearly 100%. People love – the veterans love the care they get at the VA. Mm -hmm. The VA doctors and nurses, the researchers, the people in IT, people like – you know, in, in my department, things like that. I mean we are busting our asses doing what we can uh, for the veterans. Um and and yeah, there there are some who are taking longer to get in the in the door, and we need to fix that. And then the simple fix is hiring more people. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's really all it takes. So one of the things that they discussed during the Commander in Chief Forum, uh, it was actually discussed uh, in the pre-show leading up to the forum. Uh, they had a they had a pundit on there who was proffering his opinion on. Uh, some of the things that could help solve a lot of the VA's problems. Yeah. And his suggestion was to just offer Medicare for all of the veterans rather than having separate VA facilities for them. Just give them all Medicare, all all veterans returning. You know, you don't have to wait until the age of 65 or whatever it is for Medicare. You just you get Medicare now and you can use that to go wherever you want. And and I, I honestly I don't know I I, I vaguely I, mean, I vaguly remember that yeah um, 
But listening to you talk tonight about some of the costs associated and a lot of the other things that the VA does, it sounds like that isn't really a great solution. No. You know, it's, it's more of a – It doesn't seem like a highly cost-efficient solution. Yeah. It seems like it would be more More, more costly, yeah. Yeah. It would be more costly and they wouldn't get the level of care that they currently are getting with the VA. I, I don't I don't believe they would, and and you know even beyond the cost efficiency and you know that that shouldn't necessarily I mean you know these are veterans, they're they're broken and and they need to be taken care of, and uh, regardless of the cost I you know I, that's that's not really an issue, but the VA deals with things with veterans that that I don't believe that the the private medical industry. Uh, as, as much as they care. I'm not, I'm not saying they don't care. I don't, I don't think they necessarily have the expertise to address some of the things that veterans deal with in, in much the same way. I mean, you know, when you get your leg lopped off by a lawnmower, uh, you know, that, that's a painful traumatic experience. But it's not like getting your leg lopped off by an IUD. Yeah, and, there's a lot and, more. You got the concussion factors, the yeah, I, mental yeah, aspects. So the the VA is dealing with a lot of these things in 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 a very veteran specific way that that I'm not sure the the private community uh, can necessarily uh, equate to. Or can address as efficiently uh, yeah, and, as a, and yeah. proficiently. Yeah. yeah. And, and one other thing about the wait times, and this is something you briefly brought up earlier, uh, that I, I want to, I don't think I point out, um, but I, I, I think it's important to note, you know, people even say that the 30 days, you know, waiting 30 days for an appointment with your dermatologist or your oncologist or whatever is extreme. You know, these are veterans. There, there's no one in any medical community, uh, private, government, anywhere where, where you could call up tomorrow. I can't call up my dentist tomorrow and say, you know, I, I want to come in for a teeth whitening because, you know, you know, I mean, if I, if I have like severe tooth pain that or something like that, he'll, he'll get me in. But if I'm just coming in just cause, you know, oh, I, you know I, I just, I just want to hang out. Um, you know, he's, he's going to make me wait weeks. I mean, my, my daughter waited three mm. weeks to get an ENT appointment for a cough she had. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, it wasn't a life threatening thing. And, you know, there's, there's no one in, in any medical industry that, that I'm aware of uh, setting aside, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's not like Rite Aid. It's it's not like Great Clips. I mean, we're not yeah. talking about Great Clips, where where doctors are sitting around on their thumbs, you know, out <laughs> out in private practice. I hope you've, I get a patient today. You've, you've got an oncologist sitting around at at you know great oncologist clips, you know, sitting on his thumbs waiting for a walk in cancer patient. <laughs> yeah. You know, to to do a mani pedi on. You know, it it just so. You know, thirty-day wait times is—it's uh, not ideal, yeah. but it's, it's what we all deal with throughout the medical industry. Well, and it's shorter than I wait. I mean, I, I have to go into the dermatologist, being a ginger with <laughs> with prior history yeah. of of melanoma and other skin cancers. You know, if, if I if I just cold call my dermatologist and say, "Hey, I'd like to get in for you know to have you look at a mole or whatever." 
they'll say, okay, is it, is it painful? Is it, is it oozing? Is it, you know, is it obviously something really terrible? Yeah. And I'll say, no, it's just, you know, my general check where you go through and circle different moles on my body that you want to take off for biopsy. Hmm. They'll say, oh, well, okay, well, we can book you sometime three months from now. Yeah. Yeah. Two months from now, three months from now. So when I go to the dermatologist now, I know that when I'm there, I'll book my next appointment six months out because I go in every six months. But if I wait, you know, if I go to the dermatologist today or tomorrow and have my appointment and then want to go and see him, and so in six months I call him, that it, that then is extended out to eight nine or months, nine months yeah. because yeah. I have to go through that waiting period. So yeah. I'll set my appointment when I'm at the dermatologist's office for six months later, knowing that I need to get in every six months to have yeah. them do their regular check on and and it's a little ignorant to to assume that that it wouldn't be like that i mean that that a, an expensive resource like like a doctor mm-hmm. or a nurse especially a specialist or something like that would not maximize their time would not book things out uh in in that way while allowing for emergency care right and and you know having breaks in there i mean if you you know, suddenly have, you know, you're ginger, you have a third degree burn or something like that and you need to get in today. I'm, I'm guessing your dermatologist would probably find a way to make that happen mm. if, if there was a serious critical emergency mm. or something like that. Well, and, and I think most doctors build that into their scheduling systems exactly. anyway, that yeah. if there is some type of emergency for whatever specialty, yeah. for whatever specialty they practice in, they build into their schedule certain leeway where if there is an emergency then they can see that and that's what the va does too Uh as as far as as my understanding of it and and over and above all that again there's the er which again any va can walk into the v the er any i mean active duty people i mean any military member can walk into a va and and even a lot of their families a lot of times uh, depending, uh, can walk into the ER and, and get treated, get diagnosed. And if there's some critical thing, they can get taken care of right then and there. Lickety so, split. So, so when I first heard that, just, yeah. So yeah. when I first heard that pundit toss out the, the idea of just providing Medicare, I thought at the time, well, it sounds somewhat feasible, but yeah, it, it sounds now like that's, that's not certainly not the ideal solution. And, would probably just be a whole lot more expensive and ineffective if, anyway. If we had a if if the country had a true universal healthcare system. Well, um, and so so that was my other yeah. bit of it was when when they said that I thought okay, well maybe that would be good because then it would be uh, it would push us more toward yeah, it would, the yeah, it would, universal it would push healthcare. more of the population right. toward having universal healthcare for all. If if we had if it, we had a universal healthcare system, then there may be elements of the VA that would be redundant. Hmm. We have a whole VA hospital sitting right next to the whole U of U yeah, hospital. Yeah, maybe we wouldn't need that duplication of effort. Um, I I think there would always be setting aside uh, veterans benefits and cemetery. There, there would always be need for veterans' health care, uh, especially on the research side and, and certain other specialty things. Um, so, you know, it, it, there could be an argument that, that if we had that, that, that there may be a duplication of effort and, and maybe we wouldn't necessarily need a full-fledged VA hospital with an ER and all that. Maybe we just need 
you know, uh, VA doctors, uh, trained doctors staffed at the U of U hospital, for example. So that I don't know, but I'd, I'd, I, I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah. Either, either way, it would be there might a be. monumental challenge to get, to get that change implemented across yeah. the board. For It'd everybody. be a huge shift yeah. in, compared to the, again, the relatively simple solution of, of just, just hiring, hiring, more hiring a few yeah. more doctors and nurses in the high demand areas and, and doing a better projection of what we need over the next 10, 20, 30 years uh, for staffing and, and staff up accordingly ahead of time rather than after the fact. Hmm. Yeah. And, and it's really a shame. I, mean, I, I briefly mentioned this, but you know, it's, it's really a shame that Shinseki was general Shinseki who used to head the VA uh, was outed, was uh, kicked out, uh, voluntarily retired or whatever, because of the whole uh, Phoenix inc- incident. Because uh, he was doing, I'm I'm not saying the new director of the VA is is bad. He seems like a, a nice guy. He's a business guy rather than a military guy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so he's like Trump. <laughs> he's like Trump, but I mean, he he comes from the healthcare industry, but he comes from the. You know, the business side of the healthcare industry rather than the veteran side. Um, so, and, you know, I'm nothing against him, but Shinseki was really doing some, some really great house cleaning, uh, and, and, uh, fixing up a lot of the issues that we were having. And, and it's a shame he took a fall for what a few bad actors in Phoenix were doing. Um, well, that's, and something that's that unfortunate. that probably wasn't really within his realm of or scope of control directly. Yeah, not, anyway. not really. Somebody's got to take a fall, and it's yeah. really shitty that sometimes it's the, the person at the top who's actually implementing real and yeah. good change yeah. at an organization that that ends up taking the fall for it. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, so those have been some of my thoughts about the more recent VA, and I, I just I I wish the media covered it better it's just it's it's a complex issue and you know complex issues can't be dealt with in bullet points yeah mm-hmm. you know i mean you've, you've got to look at the whole picture but that's what everybody wants these days they want they want tidy little they, memes that they can twitter read. Yeah. they want twitter you know yeah. i mean it's a, the the twitter world and yeah we live in the age of social media where where twitter is one of the dominant things facebook is is dominant where people don't want to spend any time investing they, they don't want to invest a whole lot of time in in researching what the actual problem is no. they want to be able to look at a picture of gene wilder well, and to be honest, <laughs> in in a Willy Wonka suit with a with a cute little tagline on it that sums yeah. everything up in a in a pithy little comment. Yeah, and to be honest, a lot of consumers don't want to invest a lot of time in and consuming, a you know a, a five paragraph detailed kind of outline of of here are the real problems going on. They they want to consume a tweet. They they want yep. to have everything encapsulated in in mm-hmm. hundred and whatever characters. Forty is it? Yeah, I didn't yeah. Use. So it's got to be something that they're that they're very passionate about or has affected them personally for them to get involved. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, they, Otherwise, they form their opinion based on yeah. tweets and and memes that are easily digestible, but may have really terrible information or are misrepresenting the facts. There yeah, and and misrepresenting the facts to the point where it's it's leading people down the wrong avenue to blame the wrong problem on the wrong people and and not actually solving anything. 
Well, I'm not helping that out with my side business right now. Which side business? Well, doing the promotional videos for people's businesses and been doing a lot of like real estate people lately. You've been doing a lot of real estate oh, people? Yeah. In, in the butt. <laughs> I've had a couple of real estate people Sounds I've exciting. wanted to do. <laughs> but no, I've been telling them like, hey, you know, they want to be able to advertise on social media and get themselves out there more. And I'm like, to be honest, if you write a paragraph on Facebook, no one's going to read it. If we make a one minute video and don't go too much longer than that, someone might actually watch the whole thing. And I've been showing them like, hey, just watch the numbers yeah. on it. No, you're watch, watch the numbers. Right. I'm like, they won't read it. You write stuff, you might get a few people reading it. You make a video, people will share and 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 post that around because you're giving them the information. You're telling it right to them. They don't have to read. They don't have to put any effort into it. Yeah, isn't it kind of strange? I I was just thinking when you said you know a one minute video, and I'm thinking back to the day where on Wheel of Fortune, Chuck would say, "We'll be back in two and two. We'll be back in two yeah. minutes and two seconds," because that was the typical commercial break. Now. People like, have DVRs that they'll record a show so that they can skip past the commercials. Yeah, can't even wait but two minutes. But they'll watch a two-minute video or a one-minute video to to gain information, but that they won't really go beyond that. No, I've I've been finding that with everything I've been reading about it, but a minute and a half is the limit. Yeah, hmm. you start going over a minute and a half, you'll start because you can get the people will show like the the algorithms of you know so many people watch the full video or this much of the video you start going over you start hitting that 2 minute mark you get so many people that will click on it watch the first 10 seconds and leave yeah you have a 1 minute video people will most likely stay and watch it till the end yeah well and they'll look down and see the timer and go ooh do i really have exactly. two whole minutes to invest of because, my life into this thing <laughs> because i really need to keep scrolling through facebook to see all these other videos and i have again. yeah the light went out again yeah, they'll they'll look at the time thing and go, oh man, how many tweets could I read or send in yeah. that amount of time? Which is sad. So when I tell people, yeah. I'm like, I'm like you like minute and a half, minute thirty max. Yeah, that's why newspapers are dying, magazines yeah. are dying. They so want I, it now. So they I want just it quick. spent. So I just spent what eight ten minutes I, rambling on about the VA, and really only about the first ninety seconds. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> They don't know how long we're going to spend on that on that one particular topic. Though. But I think podcasts work a little different because usually when people listen to podcasts, they're not just listening to a podcast and just just that. Yeah. You're usually occupying yourself doing something else. So the podcast is usually there to, you know, facilitate it's like to the radio background, in the background. background yeah. Noise. yeah. 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 I listen to them while I work or while I'm driving yeah. or whatever. I don't. I don't. Walk into my study to listen to a podcast. Yeah, you're not sitting the pod, listening to a podcast, staring at a wall. Right. Well, kind of a wall of mine. The, the old <laughs> days, usually. the old days with the family gathering around the radio to listen to. Yeah. Whatever they played, I whatever uh, they played the in show the old tunes. days. Yeah, yeah. You don't ever see that happen. The old no. comedy skits, Burns and Allen, and yeah. whatever. This is Matt Dillahunty, and you're listening to the Godless Revolution. Christopher, I'm not sure if you believe in heaven, but if you do, do you think Jerry Falwell is in it? No, and I think it's a pity there isn't a hell for him to go to. The empty life of this ugly little charlatan proves only one thing, that you can get away with the most extraordinary offenses to morality and to truth in this country if you'll just get yourself called reverend. Who would, even at your network, have invited on such a little toad to tell us that the attacks of September the 11th were the result of our sinfulness and with God's punishment if they hadn't got some kind of clerical qualification. People like that should be out in the street 
shouting and hollering with a cardboard sign and selling pencils from a cup. The whole consideration of this, of this uh, horrible little person is offensive to very, very many of us who have some regard for truth and for morality and who think that ethics do not require that lies be told to children by evil old men. That we're not told that people who believe like Falwell will be snatched up into heaven. Uh, where I'm glad to see uh, he skipped the rapture, just found on the floor of his office, uh, while the rest of us go to hell. Should we move on to some newsy things? We can go on to some crazies. Okay. Those fucks. There's a whole bunch of stories that we have here. I should have gone through and culled, like, the, the best ones for sure. The one that I have pulled up right now is Steve Quayle. Did you guys know that the recent flooding in Louisiana was actually caused by a weather weapon? Oh, yeah. I, I did not. It's up in uh, Alaska. It's that, uh, what do you call Sarah it? Sarah Palin? No. <laughs> um, the, the weather wizard? She is a weapon, but she doesn't control the weather. She's a wizard. Uh, she's keeping uh, uh, Russia held back. Mm. Um, wow, it's that one with the, all the, the, the radar thing up in Alaska. Everybody's like, oh, it's controlling the weather. Maybe he says it in this thing. The radar control. I don't know. Let's see what he has to say. So this. So we're not talking about like the DC supervillain, the weather wizard. No. <laughs> with his weather wand. No. This is this is a weather weapon. Weather weapon. Mm. Okay. The people who deliver the goods to the stores, the truckers are the best source of intel. Oh, for what's going on? What's truckers going on. are the best source say. of intel. Yeah, of course they know the they know all the things that happen on the roads and in the truck stops. Well, I figured they knew the best porn stores and hooker locations. <laughs> yeah, they know all of the lot lizards. <laughs> what's going on? What's going? On. Now, here's what they say: the underground bases and the military bunkers and everything. They're saying those those who have government contracts are running stuff night and day. And someday we'll talk about the vast underground highway that was built during the Cold War years. That's 400 yards wide. The idea that this country is what? Wait, 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 whoa! What is this? There's an underground highway uh, like running across the U.S. 400 like, yards, yards wide. wide. Running what? East to west? This guy's fucking nuts. Ri- how how much shit are they shipping on it to be four hundred years? Is it a twenty that's got like an eighty lane highway? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with your life? I, I have a ghost. That's what it is. What There's a ghost who hold, plays with the light in here. I, 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 would guess, I would guess I would guess that an average eight lane highway is probably close to fifty to sixty yards wide. And he's saying Probably. 400 yards wide. So I'm, I'm trying to like, I'm visualizing like evil Knievel, like jumping over, uh, on the football field, like eight, 10, 12 trucks and how many trucks he would fit on a football field. And I, I feel like it's like eight or 10. Yeah. I mean, you figure your average so, car width is about seven feet yards. and you give about an R2. Well, it's probably about your average lane width is probably about nine feet wide. Nine or 10 feet. Yeah. And this is going, but again, what, east to west or up to Alaska? Where the fuck is this highway? Oh, it's underneath <laughs> I-80. It's underneath <laughs> I-80. Well, and it's, it's interesting <laughs> that this is coming to us from the Jim Baker show, yeah. where, they, where they have a permanent banner down at the bottom selling their food slop buckets. Well, where do you think, <laughs> how do you think their food slop buckets get transported? <laughs> Under, the underground they're, highway. They're, they're talking to all of the truckers who transport their food slop buckets. <laughs> <Yeah>. $65 savings. <laughs> limited time. Limited time. Let's see what else he has was, to was say. It, does it say $100 donation? 
or dollar donation or more or plus, plus shipping, shipping gets yeah. you a sixty five dollar savings. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just call one eight 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 fuck you. <laughs> and this this and much more can be yours. Uh, for a limited time. <laughs> for a limited time. Bend over, the bitch. idea that this country is under a famine, a, uh, a, a generated famine. Any- Actually, I wanted to back that up to where he was talking about the Stop fucking with truck the highway. Again. Yeah, a generated <laughs> famine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna back as he's up. selling generated, buckets of slop. Generated yeah. famine because we don't have enough food. Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> we throw away here. more food than we than some countries no consume. Shit. Yeah. I mean, we have been we have been made fun of by other countries for the amount of food, food. we waste. Yes. Yeah contracts are running stuff night and day and someday we'll talk about the vast underground highway that was built during the cold war years that's 400 yards wide the idea is under a famine a, uh, a, a generated famine anybody ever read my book weather wars and unnatural disasters well no we all. haven't because you're that a moron was a book that was so ahead of its time but it was all designed this you control the weather you control the food you control the food you control the people you cut the Jim Baker looks really intrigued. There was a standing wave. <laughs> Jim Baker looked like he was just like, oh, Jesus Christ, even this guy's too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he's, just, like, he's just looking off to the side, kind of nodding his head like, wow. Uh, who booked this so, guy? This was a fucking mistake. <laughs> so is that Jim Baker's what the fuck look? <laughs> he's just like, oh, my God, this guy's fucking nuts. <laughs> The, and this is what's going on in Louisiana. There was a standing wave <laughs> over Louisiana. That's a weather weapon. And weather uh, weapons are real. And people, they knew it was going to come, but they still stayed. And that's what's tragic, because weather weapons are real. Secretary <laughs> of Defenses have said they're real. No, uh, they congressional haven't. appropriations, everything. So what you're watching... Citation needed, please. Yeah. <laughs> ...is a nation under siege. Oh. <laughs> oh, Shit. I'm trying to think of the just, actor in all the, the Under Siege movies now. I just, uh, oh, what the fuck is his name? You're He's, talking the the judo guy, yeah, Steven Seagal. We need to we need yes. to call him because we're under siege. We need a guy with squinty eyes and a ponytail. <laughs> and Erica Laniac jumping out of a cake. <laughs> That's fucking nuts, man. I, that is. I really, I, I really kind of want to read that book now. I, I don't want to, I don't want to pay for it, and I don't want to supplement his income. Part see, of me kind of wants to contact Tiffany to see if, <laughs> if uh, they have it at the library. <laughs> well, I just thought it was funny because just the look on <laughs> on Jim, Jim Baker's Baker. face was was classic. That was see. Now I thought awesome. he was. Uh, there, there's a station up in Alaska. It's like a radar facility that everybody thinks is controlling the weather and causing storms because they're bouncing these electrical magnetic stuff off the ionosphere which is causing storms and it's like no it's a research station i yeah i hadn't heard about that it's one, uh but... it's in all like the ufo conspiracy theory fucking alex jones bullshit yeah alex jones is bullshit uh, uh, I'm sorry to break it to you. <laughs> sorry Jeez. to inform you, Dan, but yes, Alex Jones is, is full of shit. Quite full. Hmm. He's so full of shit that his cock bag would be full of shit. <laughs> that would be damn. 
If, we, if you're if you're if you're doing that. a callback to the ball uh, bag swimsuit that yeah. we posted, and that that would be full of shit, it would have I, to come I, from Damp. I forgot that Damp was shitting out of his yeah, dick. Yeah, he he had shit coming out of his dick. Do you, do you ever think that you know about the day where Damp might have some revelation? And all of a sudden become atheists and all of his, you know, and, and now he's like no, hardcore. not at all. <laughs> and, and, and he goes back and listens to these podcasts. <laughs> Maybe he wouldn't realize it was him. Because he, he, he comes to realize, oh, I'm an atheist. Oh, there's an atheist podcast out there. It's Utah. It's, it's my buddy Dan. Yeah, it's my buddy I'm Dan. I'm going to listen to it. Wait a minute. He'd probably be like, hey, I wasn't the only one shit on my dick. I had that poster on my He's talking about me, fucking asshole. No, I, I, my guess is that even if he were to stumble across these, he'd go, yeah, that guy sounds like a real dumbass. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask Dan who he's talking about. <laughs> The dude, the dude is so self unaware. It's it's ridiculous. Like I said, like I said in the last episode when he was playing the fucking radio in the back. Oh, you guys can hear that? <laughs> no, no, we can't. Well, and then he asks a dumb question like that. Like I can hear it. I send him a message. He reads the message. He announces it to everybody else, and then says, "You guys can hear that." No, I'm a fucking yeah. psychic, dude. I'm a wizard. <laughs> Next time, oh, right on there, a weather wizard. <laughs> like, hey, damp. Um. You need to take a shower. I mean, that's, it's coming through the fucking computer right now. <laughs> I can smell you from here. What? You can smell me? I didn't know that that was possible. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to quit rubbing on your on your monitor so yeah. much. <laughs> uh, next up, we Louis have Louis Gomert. We have Louis Gomert, yeah. and the thing that I thought was delightful about this was that Louis Gomert, one oh. of the most stupid people we have in 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 oh. all of politics. Is who is worse saying, than Trump? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, is saying that Hillary Clinton has made clear that she is mentally impaired, and I thought takes one to know one. <laughs> well, see, he's probably dumber because he's actually in politics. Trump is trying to get into politics. Well, maybe. Let's hear what Louis has to say. And I do want to warn, since most people here are Christians, and, <laughs> I'm going to say something I'm funny about this. Most people believer. Does. Most people there who claim they're Christians really have no idea what it means to be a fucking Christian. No, I mean, as an atheist, I, I I'm pretty sure I know more about what it means to be a Christian than. Well, it depends on the Christian you ask. I mean, is, is it is it being Christian to hate on gay people or to hate on atheists or are you supposed to turn the other cheek and love thy neighbor? Yeah, yeah. You know, it depends on who you ask, I guess. But or, this is, he said these things during the Value Voters Summit, uh, last week. And. Oh, okay. So this is, he's just, he's a fucking clown. Does what Jesus do, did and still does. But, you know, you don't make fun of people who are impaired, have special needs. Unless you're Donald Trump. Yeah. Who Louis Gohmert <laughs> supports. <laughs> And you have Donald Trump on stage making fun of a reporter with cerebral palsy. Yeah. He's like shaking like this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> As we just made fun of a reporter. <laughs> We're making Sorry. fun of Donald Trump making We're fun making of We're making fun okay. of it. It's okay. Donald Trump. Okay. Sorry to the reporter. I should know his name. Sorry. 
And whether you like her or not, Hillary Clinton has made clear she is mentally impaired. And <laughs> when? And you hear the crowd start laughing. How yeah. has she made this clear? I'm I'm excited to hear what Louis Gohmert views as clear evidence coming do, from yeah. Hillary Clinton herself that she's mentally impaired. Do tell. Yeah. Yes, please. Um, this is not somebody you should be making fun of. Now, <laughs> as he makes fun of her. So, I get the impression that in law school and along the way, she's been very, very smart. But I, I don't know. Maybe it was the concussion, the fall back when she did, or maybe who knows? You know, they won't tell us what really is going on with her, but. Um, if I were going to smash cell phones, Blackberries, I'd use a two-pound sledge. I think that's the most. Well, who knows? Maybe somebody got to wailing around and hit her again. I don't know. But, <laughs> what? Uh, but we need to be praying for Hillary Clinton. Wait a minute. Uh, there's special needs there. There's mental <laughs> impairment. And... Uh, there's special needs there. Wow! Did did he just say there's special needs there? There's no impairment. No, no, there is an impairment. Oh, okay. So wait a minute. Is she she's brain damaged because she didn't use the tool that you would have used. <laughs> to... Oh no, no, it's because she could have gotten hit in the head again. Oh, because oh, because when they were smashing the phone, she yeah. got hit in the head. Yeah. Because when they were sm- th- she had them Somebody up to her ear. Somebody could have really ear. started wailing on her. She she had it up to her ear when they started smashing. It. Yeah, because she had to be, <laughs> she had to make sure it didn't work anymore. So they smashed it against the side of her head, like an so, anvil. Oh, yeah. So yes. And she had the guy saying, "Do you hear me now?" And when she stopped hearing him say, "Do you hear me now?" She's like, "Okay, it's done." That and there makes, was no brain damage. That jamma, makes jamma, 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 total jamma, jamma. sense. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. How could one argue with that logic? <laughs> I mean, seriously, she can't remember. And I made the mistake. I, I got that stupid song in my head uh, that Rush Limbaugh used to play, and it was to the tune, Try to Remember. And it's Hillary Clinton say, I don't remember my brain's in a blender. And um, so... Anyway, earlier but, this but week... But like Christ, we should not make fun of the mentally impaired. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that where this started? Uh, I think so. So, anyway, earlier this week, uh, when I was on Fox and Friends... Uh, there are no friends. That stupid line came back, and so it ends up being a headline, you know, that I said, Hillary's brain is in a blender... But um, anyway, but that was not a proper thing to say because, again, I'm making fun of the mentally impaired, and that's not right. <laughs> what? That was actually one of the more... Uh, he was like, he's trying to roast her. Yeah. Well, and it was one of the more put-together yeah. things that I've ever heard Louis, Gorm- Louis Gomert say. Well, he was looking down to read off his script. <laughs> <laughs> that's true he was because you could see the two spots on the top of yeah, his head what I was, was looking that, at that all about <laughs> I think thinking, he got hit in the head with a hammer while he was trying to smash like, a cell phone like as a guy who goes to the dermatologist a lot I'm like you should go and get that shit checked yeah. out man he prayed for it those those were like dime sized spots on the top of his head and they were very symmetrical in their yeah. placement well, I'm it's, thinking it's maybe that they're where actually he horns. filed down the horns yeah he filed <laughs> down <laughs> the horns <laughs> <laughs> oh. Louis so Gomer. 
I'm going to start uh, Louis Gohmert has horns. That's my new <laughs> hashtag. But I've seen a lot of people go back to saying Hillary Clinton has had strokes on TV when uh, it's the clip where she's uh, surrounded by reporters and she's talking to one of them. Then a reporter behind her yells something at her and she turns her head really quick and kind of like bobs it. But look, she had a stroke. It's like, no, she was making a funny gesture to the person who keeps yelling at her from behind. Mm -hmm. That's not called a stroke. Mm -hmm. If she had a stroke, she wouldn't be reacting to anyone. She would just be twitching. So a couple weeks ago, I was watching, actually it was more than a couple weeks ago, it was... Well, this was July 31st, according to Yeah. Was it July 31st? God, that seems... It it didn't seem like it was that long ago. Time goes by quick, like hours and... I don't know. I was trying to think of that, that time, soap opera. Time and hours by so slowly. I was trying to think of the soap opera show with the hourglass. Oh. <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh, that's Married to a Children. <laughs> like sands in the hourglass. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. These are the days of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> but I was. I, was I, don't, I don't know that because I watched it or anything. <laughs> oh, man. My grandmother watched uh, The Young and the Restless every day. Is that it? was her jam. For years and years and years. She might still watch it. I don't know. Mm. But yeah, every day it was the young and the restless. I, I sands through the hourglass of time. Such are the days of our lives. I watched, it might have been days of our lives. It might have been one of the others for maybe about six months with, with my ex-wife back when I was still trying to hook up with her. Um <laughs> Before she was your ex-wife or before you got married? Before we got or, married. Oh, okay. Before we got married. Uh, still in the kind of the, uh, you know, Romeo and Juliet stage ah. of things. Mm. Um, and I was, you know, a stupid kid. You know, whatever. But, yeah, I watched it for like a few months with her. And, it, I mean, it really is kind of fascinating. <laughs> I mean, the whole daytime soap suck you right in? thing. And it's so, I mean, honestly, you know, Tuesday through Thursday is so pointless. <laughs> It's, it serves no purpose whatsoever. Monday and Friday is the only thing that counts. Monday, Not, so Friday, it's setting up for it's, this it's cliffhanger, the cliffhanger. Right? Uh, Monday resolves the cliffhanger. Then Tuesday through Thursday is just moderate story progression <laughs> until Friday, which they recap Tuesday through Thursday <laughs> and then present you with a cliffhanger. So. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, so I so I watched this. Uh, this is a clip from John last Oliver. week tonight yeah. from John Oliver, uh, and this was th- there. This was a much longer segment of the show. I'm just going to play. I don't know. It's roughly four or five minutes. Yeah. Of it. But this is the one time that I've ever seen him visibly angry. Authentically. Yeah. Visibly, authentically angry mm-hmm. about something that he's talking about. You know, he's, he's feigned angry it's, before, like, yeah. oh, you people, blah, 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 blah. This is pure raw emotion. But he's, yeah, but he is, he is actually, there's a visceral response where you can tell he is actually very, very angry about what he's talking about here. And in watching the full clip, I was, I was also very angry, but it's just this last bit that I think will give you uh, a real sense of it drives a point home. Yeah, what he was talking about and why he's angry. The RNC taught us that a party which used to be organized around a set of shared principles is currently organized around one man. And given that that is the case, his judgment 
is pretty much the only thing that is important when considering who to vote for in November. So to that end, I would like to show you something he said recently. And before I do, he has clearly said countless awful things throughout this campaign, any of which would disqualify any other candidate. Just this week, uh, he declined yet again to release his tax returns, lied about getting a letter from the NFL agreeing with him that the debate shouldn't clash with football games, called Angela Merkel a moron, implied that Brazil brought the Zika virus on themselves and encouraged a foreign powers hack of his political rival. Now, two of those didn't happen, but you're not sure which two, and that's kind (laughs) of the point. But wait, it is Brazil. Kind of the, the, the first time we watched this, the three of us were like, "Oh, Brazil? What are the, the, really? The, that all sounds very, very plausible." I think it, I think it was for, the Brazil and Merkel one. The, yeah. the Brazil one was the one that I hadn't heard of before, and I was like, "He did that," and then, that was before he said that two of the three were fake. And what I love is that he doesn't tell us which. Yeah, which and I, I know the I know the first two are correct. Yeah. Well, and the last one was the when last, he said, "Hey." The Second Amendment, go use it, pretty much, if you want Hillary gone. I, I, I'm not I, – okay, so I – okay. So Second Amendment remedy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not sure I ever actually heard the entire fifth one, so maybe that's why I, hmm. I wasn't clear on it. All right. Here we go. Isn't it? Because Trump hasn't said one crazy thing. He said – Thousands of crazy things, each of which blunts the effect of the others. It's the bed of nails principle. If you step on one nail, it hurts you. If you step on a thousand nails, no single one stands out and you're fine. That is how Donald Trump has managed to say pretty much anything in this campaign, seemingly without consequences. And yet, even with that caveat, his response when asked about that speech from Kizer Khan stands out. I saw him. He was, uh, you know, very emotional and probably looked like uh, a nice guy to me. His wife, uh, if you look at his... I love that, that Donald Trump doesn't know if he actually looked like a nice guy to him or not. Probably looked like a nice guy to me, and I'm not sure. I'd have to talk to myself later and figure it out. He didn't actually watch it. (laughs) Wife, she was standing there. She had nothing to say. She probably, maybe she wasn't allowed to have anything to say. You tell me. She probably maybe she wasn't allowed to have any. Tell me, and that's the beauty of his accusations. You know, you tell me. Yeah, I'm not saying it. You, you know, I'm I'm just kind of throwing this idea out there. I've seen it written somewhere. Maybe she works for ISIS. I don't know. I don't know. You know, you you tell me. Many people have said that. I've heard people say that a lot. I've I've read it in a lot of places. People say this all the time. You you tell me. I you know I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm only the presidential (laughs) candidate. I'm not expected to know all this shit. Blueberry pancakes? <laughs> it could be. I don't know. You <laughs> tell me. <laughs> but plenty of people have written that. Uh, she uh, she was extremely quiet and it looked like she had nothing to say. Okay. For a start, his wife has explained that she chose not to speak because she gets too upset when she sees images of her dead son's face. You fucking asshole. But, but I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please continue. He said you have sacrificed nothing and no one. Well, that sounds... uh, Who wrote that? Did uh, Hillary's uh, scriptwriters write it? How would you answer that, Father? What sacrifice have you made for your country? I think I've made a lot of sacrifices. Uh, I work very, very hard. I've created thousands and thousands of jobs, tens of thousands of jobs, uh, built great structures. I've done... I've I've had tremendous success. 
Uh, I think those are sacrifices. Oh, sure. I think they're sacrifices. No, no, no. they are absolutely not. They are self-serving half-truths from a self-serving half-man who has somehow convinced half the country that sacrifice is the same thing as success. Honestly, the main takeaway from these two weeks is that, incredibly, we may be on the brink of electing such a damaged, sociopathic narcissist that the simple presidential duty of comforting the families of fallen soldiers may actually be beyond his capabilities. And I genuinely did not think that that was a part of the job that someone could be bad at. You could tell he was really oh, yeah. fucking mad there. I, I, I don't know if it's the vape smoke in the air or <laughs> steam coming out of his ears. I, I... <laughs> yeah, he was he was really fucking mad at that when yeah. he said, no, you fucking asshole. Yeah, I don't think that was in the original script. <laughs> Probably not. And yeah. how many of these great structures that he's built have been repossessed? Yeah. Yeah. Or that he's gone bankrupt on, or that, yeah, I, fuck. Or that he's probably raped models in. And those aren't sacrifices. <laughs> yeah. No, they're not. Donald Trump has not sacrificed they're, anything in his no, life. He, he's mixing up accomplishment with sacrifice. Mm-hmm. D- building all that shit, whether it's repoed or not, is, is an accomplishment. And, you know, offering jobs to a lot of illegals and then lying about it and getting fined for it and, and all that shit, that's an accomplishment. It's not a fucking sacrifice. Yeah, he's, he's done very well at making <coughs> money and taking money from people and pricing people out of housing areas and putting his name on buildings and defrauding yeah. people and selling his brand. Yeah. That's what he, that's what he is. He is a brand because a lot of these places, he doesn't build it. He's, he's an investor in it. And they go, Hey, if you put the Trump logo on it, you'll make more money. Yeah. Unless you're a steak or a vodka or a university or, or a a vacation place in Cancun or a casino. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The list goes on. I mean, yeah, people do like, you go, yeah, but he's only filed bankruptcy three times. Like, yeah, but he's got a lot of failed businesses too. Jerry Falwell slaughtered nobody in his life. He may have misspoke once or twice, but he devoted his life to his religion. Do you have nothing good to say about him at all? No, I, I repeat, um, Jerry Falwell lived on uh, hatred and superstition and bigotry. He, he preached dislike of people whose lives he knew nothing about. He raised money from credulous so you don't know anything about his life? Now, excuse me, sir. You can either ask me on and, have, and ask my opinion, or you may not. But I don't have to be here. Well, you could leave. You spent the first half by saying I had no right to the opinion you'd ask me on to express. Now, you're tiring me out. I repeat that. No, what I said is your opinion was thoughtless. What you wrote was crude and mean and hateful. That's yes, and what took, I said. You took up all the time for my answer with your long, rather unlettered question. Oh, okay. Jerry Falwell oh. made, a, made a career out of sponsoring dislike and superstition said that people he didn't like were going to hell, said the United States deserved to be attacked by Islamic fascists, said he believed that people would be raptured into heaven, leaving all the rest of us to wallow behind. I, I think his death is a, is a deliverance. And if you say that someone who occasionally John. makes a charitable donation is a good person, then you have to say that Hamas and Hezbollah, how, how, who do all this charitable giving how and charitable organizing, are, are the same. I'm, I'm truly... I'm. I'm truly dumbfounded. I'm so dumbfounded. I, I know people don't like Hillary and, and I get that. And, and yes, I'm a, I'm a Hillary supporter. 
I came around to being a Hillary supporter too. I, yeah. I was originally a Bernie supporter. I didn't hate Hillary the way everyone does, but I didn't necessarily like her. I don't necessarily like everything about her now, yeah. but the more I learn about her and the, the more I've researched her, the, the more I know that a lot of things that people don't like about her are bullshit. Yeah. Um, and, and they just haven't bothered to take off the fucking blinders. But I'm, I'm truly dumbfounded at not, at the level of support Trump even has. And I don't think he's going to win. But to even have the level of support that he has, even setting aside the, the, you know, hatred of Hillary, that he could even garner that much support. I know they're racist. I know they're supremacists. There are that many people who would actually vote for him. That many people who, who genuinely support him. Not, not necessarily just hate Hillary. You know, they, they aren't going to Johnson or, or to what's her name, the anti uh, Jill Stein. bitch. Um, you know, who generally agree with him that there are that many fucked up people yeah. in America. I'm, I, I'm dumbfounded by that. I'm amazed. Well, I think by it's, that. it's kind of like the mob mentality kind of thing. It's, hey, I've been, com- been given permission to be racist and homophobic and to be as racist and homophobic as I really am. Yeah. yeah. Somebody's He's... giving a voice to that opinion and making it okay to say that shit. Exactly. And I understand that. I'm just dumbfounded by that that there are that as many people as there appear to be in that group. I I knew that I know that there's racism still in this country, homophobia and all mm-hmm. that. I didn't realize it was as bad as this. And the other thing too is I think a lot of voters are one, you know, Voting on that one thing and single issue, single, vote. yeah, that's what I was trying to think yeah, of. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are like, Well, why do you support Trump? Well, because he wants to get the illegals out. Yeah, build the wall. What else yeah. do you know about him? Well, he's he's gonna get rid of he's immigrants and he's gonna give us jobs. That's it. He's no, but you, he hasn't said how, he hasn't explained how much money this is gonna fucking cost this country to build this wall and deport these illegal immigrants. Well, Day no, no, one, when I'm in office, and, and no, we're gonna round them up, we're gonna ship yeah. them across the border. Obama well, has deported record number of illegal immigrants. And yeah, I mean we're we're at net zero illegal yeah, immigration, yeah. if not negative by now. And and the whole thing with jobs, you know, no one's you know, people say that and then but no one asks him about well, you know, we have what our our uh unemployment rate sitting at what 4.9%? Yeah. Somewhere around there. Somewhere Low. around there. I, I mean I think it's actually lower than de- that. Depending on which economist you talk to, the the definition of full employment by definition is is 5% in in some okay. economist size there there you know there are very few economists who count 0% unemployment as full employment yeah. there's always a certain small percentage of of unemployment which is still considered full employment and and i look out there they're fucking help wanted signs all oh, over yeah. the goddamn yeah. place. There was an article in the Salt Lake Tribune just a couple of weeks ago of how the construction industry here in Utah is suffering because they can't find enough people. Yeah. And, and they're, they're desperate for, for laborers, for construction people. You know, I mean, there, there are jobs to be had. Anyone that doesn't have a job and wants one, is I don't know wh- well, wh- where the fuck they're looking. Yeah, what what industry they're working in or what their skill set is. Because I you mean, know, I mean, maybe if you're a neurologist out in Tooele and you can't find a job, okay. I mean, you know, <laughs> you may not know how to swing a hammer, <laughs> but 
But I mean, you know, if if you're just kind of middle class and you can't find a job, I that's I I don't understand that. But well, think, a good sign for me of of how well the 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 jobs market is currently is that last week I was contacted by the CEO of a company I worked for uh, maybe a decade ago, almost a decade ago. Hmm. The CEO of this company contacted me asking if I would do some contract work for them. Yeah. I mean, that that speaks to my skill set a little bit, but it also means that she's having a really fucking hard time finding somebody to fill this position. And she had to go yeah. 10 years back <laughs> yeah. to go, "Hey, this guy did really good." Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so. she can't she can't find it through regular hiring means she can't find it through any headhunting or recruiting offices around. She's she's digging through her contacts on LinkedIn for people that worked for her nearly a decade ago to see if they can help her with this. Yeah. So I, I understand people are single issue voters and, and they throw out the whole jobs thing. The jobs thing doesn't make sense to me. Well, even I, when you look at the economy, when you look at the numbers and, and people throw around various other numbers about, you know, uh, you know, the. Well, when, when they go with the, the unemployment, the real stuff, unemployment, rate. real unemployment. Yeah. Well, they, they, they tend the to go to places like Detroit. Stop looking for work. Yeah. And, yeah, they tend to go to places like Detroit, where Detroit does have a problem right now. It was a booming economic yeah. area, now it's not. And they go, "Well, look at Detroit. Look well, at Detroit. Look at, yeah. look at Detroit." It's like, what? yeah, Detroit has a problem. Yeah, but it's but that's but look not at, a look national. at the whole. Yeah, look, look at a national scale. We are not having a national issue we're, with this. We don't, and we don't measure unemployment that way. No, Detroit measures unemployment yeah. that way. Yes. But nationally, we don't, and and to compare unemployment now to eight years ago, uh, when Obama came into office, based on two completely different metrics, mm-hmm. comparing national unemployment eight years ago to Detroit's unemployment yeah. now is, I mean, that's fucking bullshit. Or even the real unemployment. Yeah, yeah. there there are five different levels of unemployment figures. Uh, I think I want to say it's like P one through P five. Or something like that. P3 is, is what is commonly used and has been commonly used for decades now. And to all of a sudden use P1, which is a much more strict figure and, and results in high numbers, but compare that to eight years ago at a P3. And it might not be the P. I, I, it might be another. So sorry if I screwed that up, <laughs> but it's still an unfair assessment of, of where we are. As a nation, and yeah, it's it's just bullshit, and well, and the fucking wall thing. I mean, that's it's, that's uh, that's the single issue voter thing, and but I hate nobody, them brown people so yeah. damn much. I'm going to vote for a president who'll get rid of them. And nobody's doing. I mean, fucking hell, the, and the media is failing left and right to to really look into this wall thing. There was a beautiful video. Oh, is it um, that, that lays out all the price over like 20 years of it and the road construction well, it and was, everything that go into it making was, it? It was the one with a guy talking and it was uh, kind of a how a bill becomes a wall and it was a cartoon of a bill. Okay. And, okay. I and, saw that one. Oh, it's it's a wonderful bill. It's a wonderful video. And it doesn't lay out the prices as much yeah. as it lays out the complexity of large scale. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, government projects and that he would have to, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to remember everything in it, but as a starting point, he would have to propose it and it would have to be a bill. It would have to go through Congress, go through the house and go through the Senate funding and, and they would probably filibuster 
And so you'd have to get a majority of that. It would have to go through a whole bunch of um, subcommittees yeah. and that. And even if that became real, then you'd have to go through oh, and they all listed the bidding off all and the contractors. These. And so the uh, Homeland Security would yep. have to be involved. The Coast Guard would have to be involved. The Bureau of Indian Affairs would have to yeah. be involved. The Interior Department would have to be involved. All of these, and he, this whole video listed out like 20 different agencies that would have to fish and wildlife, all these things, because it crosses Indian land. Yep. It, it could cause flooding. Yeah. A wall like that could cause flooding. So we have to, agriculture has to be involved yep. because there are farmers down there on our side mm-hmm. that have to be taken care of. Each of the state governments and, in which yeah. a wall would be created. Each would have of the to be state governments. Uh, you know, and, and all these things would have to be involved and each of those would be doing their own study about things and the complexity of doing this. And any one of them could sue the uh, Trump administration yeah. at any point. I mean, just uh, landowners yeah. being like, no, I'm not going to sell my land to you. Yeah. Well, that's where, so that's where Homeland Security comes in with, uh, eminent domain, eminent domain, which is bullshit, which, which is bullshit. But, you know, Trump likes eminent domain. Yeah. He's used it multiple times. And, and we know from the Keystone pipeline. Yeah. Or just stuff that's been going on lately with the, the, the people on the, the Dakotas. The Dakotas. Right. We, we know that eminent domain is, is, even, you know, I mean, Keystone, I mean, that's fucking bullshit. Keystone, yeah. eminent domain for a commercial product. I mean, at least with the wall, eminent domain is being used for a, a, a public person, yeah. purpose. But like Keystone Pipeline, eminent domain was being used for, for a private entity. personal, oh, for private profit yeah. and not even American profit. No, a Canadian, Canadian company. Yeah. To give Canadians fucking profit. So, no, it's it's a wonderful video. I would suggest you look it up. Um, it's like how a bill becomes a lie. I think CNN might have di- done it. How, how a, a bill, bill becomes, becomes a wall. wall. How a bill becomes a wall. And I will be starts, sure to put that in the show notes. It, it starts out with a little – it's kind of like uh, the old 80s um, – Yeah, the, the, the schoolhouse thing. Schoolhouse rock thing. Yeah. And it's a little cartoon Trump of a bill. It's okay. a bill with – the hair and just chair. a bill, just a lonely old bill. Yeah, I'm sitting but, here on Capitol Hill. Yeah. But the other big thing that people forget when they look at the immigration issue is the fact that a lot of these immigrants that are coming into this country are doing jobs we don't want to do anyways. Exactly. So yeah. who's going to go and sit out in a hot, sweaty field making no fucking money to pick all your fucking vegetables and fruits? Nobody. The states or, where they've where they've gotten rid of their undocumented workers are they can't, having issues. They can't, yeah, they can't hire people to fucking do it because they don't pay well. Yeah, it's shitty fucking work. Yeah. And there was a video I saw a guy put out where he's talking about illegal immigrants and he's going around and he's like, goes, these are the most hardest fucking working people I oh, fucking have ever seen. Yeah. Goes, they're not sitting on their ass collecting paychecks. They're fucking looking for work. They want to mow your lawns, do construction for you, help you fix your house. They're selling fucking produce on the side of the highway just to make us fucking buck. Yeah. I've, Doing whatever I've, they can just to scrape yeah, by. Because they don't get the, the, the social, Fucking, they don't have a social net. The, yeah, they don't. Help so when everybody's out. like, "Oh, well, all these people are taking away from our, you know, our social security and our taxes." Well, not social security, their... but the uh, like food stamps and all that kind of stuff. They're yeah. all collecting all that. It's like, no, they're fucking not. No. Yeah, they don't. You don't come to America as an illegal immigrant and all of a sudden get fucking food stamps. It's illegal to do that. 
That's not how this fucking works. I saw a news article one time on the Fox, and they was telling me all about it. Newsmax has yeah. this whole big thing about it. If you come to America and you're illegal, you automatically get unemployment. <laughs> you know, I've so I've I've gotten I've gotten a Home Depot workers on, yeah. on uh, a number of occasions to help me out with things around my house yeah and they bust their fucking yeah ass. yeah and and you know i i offer them you know 10 11 bucks an hour which seems fair for manual labor it's it's above minimum wage uh you know maybe it's low maybe i should offer more i i don't i honestly don't know how much to offer uh, but well, they're taking the work, so clearly it's acceptable to them. So it's acceptable to them, but they bust their ass so hard. I I even give them more on top of that because they did such a, a yeah. incredible fucking job. And and the the argument is that that I should be giving that job to an American. Well, well okay. So tell <laughs> tell me this. So when I wake up Saturday morning and I want to go out back and I want to dig a trench and and mow my lawn and clear out some rubbish and all yeah. that. Tell me what American I call up on a Saturday morning to do and, that work. To do that work, and they're going to come over and and do that work for ten, twelve bucks an hour, or None. or even fifteen bucks an hour. I mean, what company does that? None. What? I mean, the, the Home Depot guys. I mean, they're the Uber of of manual yeah. labor. <laughs> I mean, they've made it easy for me to to find manual labor on demand. And and they found a great niche market and and they know how to sell it, and so and you know I mean tell me what American company I would call up Saturday yeah. morning to do that like I, I don't I, fucking know yeah I had a buddy that hired a Mexican crew to do the the mudding in his house you know yeah. off off the street guys he's like those guys did such fucking good work like they had this whole like his whole downstairs like done in a half a day yeah he's like if I would have hired a crew to come in I would have paid three times as much and it would have taken a week yeah. And 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 maybe the people I hired were legal. I I honestly don't know. I didn't ask. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Yeah, they, they did, did a good, good work. Job. They did a good job. You don't own a company where you're hiring people as employees. Yeah, you needed some day laborers. Yeah. So I you know I I don't feel like I did anything wrong. If an American company can offer me that kind of service, I'd I'd consider yeah. that. But. They're make they're they're providing a service that other people are not, and they're I, doing a good job at it. I don't know who the fuck to call on Saturday morning. Yeah. Now it may be under the table; they may not be paying taxes on it. But well, yeah, I don't give but a fuck. But, but they're also on. not going to be collecting social uh, security. Wait and, yeah, but yeah. wait a minute. Okay, so I work in a software engine. Yeah, and industry. actually, they and they do pay taxes. In, they do. They pay consumption taxes. Yeah. they pay they sales pay consumption tax. tax. Yeah. Anytime they have to buy anything, they pay those taxes. Mm-hmm. I I work in the IT industry, and I know for a fact that that there are people like me who go out and freelance, who go out and help people fix their computers yeah. and shit like that, and and they just get paid cash. Yeah, and they get they paid under the table. They they don't report well, those. How many people at the farmer's market report that income? Well, How many of these roadside yeah. uh, fruit fruit? I'm not going to say I haven't done it. I did. I did a lot. Of, I used to do landscaping. Yeah, all under the table. Yeah. How how many of these roadside farm stands and and you know there's a fruit stand up in Sugar House and and all that? How many of those pay taxes? Or the people I mean, who sell beef jerky on the side of the road? Or yeah, you know, that, to, any to, of that shit. To argue that that the you know the illegal Mexicans are oh, they're not paying their income tax. I mean, you know, it's it's a much larger issue. Oh yeah. 
and and um, plenty of Americans are doing it too. Mm. So Donald Trump is. Don't mm-hmm. don't yeah. give me that shit. Yeah. Donald- well, no, I wasn't using it as like a hey, this is why we should get rid of him. I'm like, it's, no, no, I, I, that's the only I downside. That. Is like, you know, that's you know. It's- I I want to say I saw a documentary years ago that that like that if 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 all the under the table income were taxed, that it would boost our tax revenues by like fifty sixty percent. Or just, that it's that that under the table. Oh, yeah. In America, that prevalent? is that prevalent? Well, because you're, well, you're. I mean, you you do an honest day's work, and the government takes fifty percent, and and that's totally off the top of my head. And so I, yeah, it was some outrageous number that that it's it's a lot more prevalent than we think. Yeah, I believe so. it. It seems like an awfully high number. It, it may be. So yeah, totally off the top of my head. I, I apologize. Well, like that landscape um, group I worked for, everyone uh, was paid under the table. Yeah. yeah. Well, the only person paying taxes was the guy that owned the company. And from the, what we understood was, you know, I was getting paid $20 an hour, but he was charging the client $50 an hour for each of us working there. Mm. Now, and, and you can make the argument whether that's right or wrong universally. I mean, over, mm-hmm. but, but to single out, uh, undocumented immigrants as being the problem. Oh, no. It yeah. is unfair yeah. because Americans are just as uh, just as prone to do it. Yeah, just I mean, as guilty, as, uh, if just not as more, guilty yeah. as as anyone else. To be an atheist, you have to believe that it is possible, which I think is a far greater leap of faith. That's something that can be created out of nothing. When you when you look at the majesty and sophistication and the inc- intricacy of the universe that we do know and comprehend. You have to believe that somehow that this energy could have existed on its own, and I do not believe that is, that to me is a leap of faith. You, you give me the awful impression, of, I hate to have to say it, of someone who hasn't read any of the arguments against your position ever. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL or Twitter the Twatter at TGI Podcast. Thanks, bitches. I mean, it's very strange to me that Mel Gibson, who's also spent a lot of his time making very vulgar and persecuting remarks about homosexuals, would appear to want to make a movie that's an appeal to the gay, Christian, sadomasochistic niche market. But, but, I, but I don't pretend to understand the lurid mind of this guy. Well, cockily doodly doo little buddies. Let's thank the Lord for another beautiful school day. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord? That sounded like a prayer. A prayer? A prayer in a public school? God has no place within these walls, just like facts have no place within organized religion. And uh, not scorning the, the three delightful children who result, who are everything to me and who are my only chance of a, even a glimpse of... Uh, a second life, let alone an immortal one. And I'll tell you something, if I was told to sacrifice them to prove my devotion to God, if I was told to do what all monotheists are told to do and admire the man who said, yes, I'll gut my kid to show my love of God, I'd say, no, fuck you. All right, so I think our last story of the evening will be Kentucky Governor Matt Bevan. I haven't heard of this guy. You haven't heard what this guy said about... (laughs) said about the election of Hillary Clinton may call for shedding blood of tyrants and patriots. No, I, ha- I must have missed okay. this one. 
that that clearly if Hillary Clinton is elected president, there's going to be war. This again, oh, like a civil blood war. In the streets. Yeah, and this again <laughs> comes to us from that from that lovely group at the Value Voters oh, Summit. Oh yes. Where was nice, where all of the right wing were probably like the Eagle Forum was probably there. Yeah, all, all, of, all of these, nice, all of these nice groups, nice Christian people were yeah. expressing just how nice and Christian they are. Ah. If Hillary Clinton were to, to to win the election, do you think it's possible that we'll be able to survive? That would we ever be able to recover as a nation? And while there are people who have stood on this stage and said we would not, I would beg to differ. But I will tell you this. I do think it would be possible, but at what price? At what price? The roots of the tree of liberty are watered by what? The blood of who? The tyrants, to be sure, but who else? The patriots. Whose blood will be shed? It may be that of those in this room. It might be that of our children and grandchildren. I have nine children. It breaks my heart. And because we think. don't have the draft, none of your kids are going to yeah. <laughs> have to fight and, for anything. And you're taking a quote from the Revolutionary War. And and they would they would be choosing to spill the blood of other people. Yes. It's not like they would be drafted into a civil war no. yeah. to go and kill people who support the United States government. Yeah. They would be they would be seditionists. They would be acting yeah. in contradiction to the United States government. Yeah. Yeah. These are the people, they are not even fucking patriots if they are doing but that. But these are also the same people that probably they're, said when Obama got elected that we were going to have a civil war. They're only patriots after the fact. If right. they win. If yeah. they win. If they win, then they're patriots because history, because. Like, like the whole Bundy crew. History is right. written by the winners. Right. Yeah. To the victor go the spoils, right? We exactly. learned that with Donald Trump a couple weeks ago. And we, we, we get to do whatever we want. Then we can just go war. and take the oil yeah. in Iraq. Yeah. It's ours. Children, it breaks my heart to think that it might be their blood that is needed to redeem something, to reclaim something that we, through our apathy and our indifference, have given away. No, I th- think that if that if Hillary Clinton is elected, his children may end up dying because they would be part of a civil insurrection against our government. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, to be honest. I mean, it's been like this for decades, and it's it's getting worse. Mm. It's growing in in intensity, but it's been like this for decades. Yeah. To where, but you vote for the other guy, and it's the end of the country as we know it. Yeah. And and no matter how many people say that, it never actually happens. No. And and odd that right? It it kind of pisses me off. Uh, it it kind of annoys me because you know I mean no I didn't agree with Romney. I didn't agree with McCain. Their points of view, their their political ideologies. But but, we we but I I never I never thought that it would demolish the country. That no. they would di- disassemble America as we know it. Or that and you would have to take up arms in defense of what you really want exactly. to have happen. And even Bush. I mean, I, I knew going in that Bush was a fucking idiot. I mean, it was it was fairly obvious he was an idiot. But I I I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have foreseen just how much of an idiot, <laughs> how much damage he did. Yeah. And he did a lot of damage, but even Bush, as much damage as he did, he didn't destroy the country. And we didn't have to take up arms against Bush. We just waited out his eight lousy years and now we're rebuilding. Yeah. And you know, so but this is the only way you can win with people 
anymore. It's to go to the extreme. It's to go to this extreme and, and just to sell this apocalyptic nightmare. And it's really fucking annoying. Well, and I, th- I think with Bush- That being said, I think Trump is an apocalyptic nightmare. Well, but yeah, I was he, say- he's, he's the first that I truly am concerned about. Yeah. Now, I was never really concerned about uh, Romney or McCain. But. Now, the, the sentiment you had before was saying, well, this never came true. And I was going to say, and then you kind of went there. Uh, but I uh, don't yeah. – I, I, with the same rhetoric with Trump is I don't think it will be on a, a national level of, of, like, of us going to war and our country completely breaking down. But I do think on an international level he will – be kind of a black spot. He will he'll, be. He'll he'll de- destroy a lot of international relationships we have. He, he'll 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 set progress back. Yes, decades. Yeah. If if not he longer, will. I mean, you know, it it's one thing to say that we all knew Bush was a moron going into it, and that that he wouldn't be good ultimately for the country, and that we didn't know exactly how bad he would be. But even Bush, as inept and stupid as he was and is you didn't have republicans walking away from him and disavowing him yeah. and and died in the wool republicans saying that they cannot support the candidate for 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 their party yeah. to be president right. because of how dangerous a proposition that is right and you see that with donald trump mm-hmm. you see yeah. republicans all over the place disavowing him and yeah. saying that they will not and cannot vote for Donald Trump because it would be disastrous for the country. Yeah. You didn't see that with Bush and you see that a lot with Donald Trump. True. I think it's the first, it's the first president that, or the first candidate for president that I can remember that, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of members of his own party are walking away from him and saying, and saying openly, to the public that having this person as president would be damaging to our country. Yeah. What's well, like like you were going through with the uh, that video of how to how to the, the build the wall thing. Um, it would be very hard for him in this country to get what he wants done done. Right, exactly. But the way he spouts off on like just saying whatever he wants, I'd be worried in a G20 summit or when he's visiting with foreign dignitaries. The problems he could cause there with foreign relations. That's where I really am concerned with him. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe he wouldn't ultimately. Maybe the Congress would prevent him from ultimately doing anything too catastrophically bad. Maybe he would damage a lot of international uh, I, relations. I, I think we can almost guarantee um, he would damage international relations with the way he talks about some of these foreign countries yeah. and the way he wants to do business with them. I I think that's a given that he would damage those relations. But maybe ultimately in the end America would survive four years. Well he doesn't Trump. he doesn't need congressional approval to start a war and to no. wage a war for thirty days. No. He doesn't need congressional approval to fire off a nuke at somebody if they're pissing him off. He doesn't need congressional approval for a whole lot of really fucking heinous things yeah. that he could do as president. True. I'm, I'm not sure what the nuke protocol is, but I'm pretty sure the guy holding the briefcase would be like, um... No. No? <laughs> you are not getting these codes right now because yeah. you're I would, drunk. I would, I would hope so, yeah. I would hope he would just, like, run away. <laughs> yeah, you would hope so. I mean, what was what was the name of the, uh, the Russian subcommander who... His his last contact was if you don't hear from For, us or whatever, yeah. then you need to launch your nuclear missiles. And he and didn't he do didn't. it. Yeah, and um, and I remember hearing and, that story and did not lead us into World War Three yeah. because of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, you would you would hope that ultimately they're, someone make that decision. That, yeah, here. yeah, yeah. You would hope that your your fellow countrymen are not as dangerous as the yeah. president who may end up leading them. But why why even bother taking that chance? I mean, you we never had these concerns with with Romney or McCain. No, no. we never even no. had these concerns with, with Bush. Bush. No, we, we thought Bush was an idiot, but but not know. a nuclear war idiot. No. <laughs> Uh, you know, but why even bother taking the chance on on this guy? I don't know. I I just I don't. Yeah, I don't get the support because people are blind they, to it. They want a wall. They want a they wall. Want a wall. They want a Republican. They, they want a wall that the border the the border control doesn't it says they don't want and <laughs> will do no good. Yeah. It would be a pointless waste of money. It would be a pointless waste of money. Yeah. And even I think with the wall, with the one going over the prices, they're saying after 10 years, every couple years after that, it would cost like five times the amount of money to build the wall as it is to maintain it. Because yeah. they were going through like, you have to build roadways. You have to have crews that are maintaining the wall along the way to inspect them and, and do all stuff. So like, it's going to cost way more money to maintain it than it will cost to build it in the fucking first place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And the people who think that it would actually be, done are morons it won't be done you're right exactly it won't be done there's no way congress would even pay for that well there's no way it would even get through congress not even that it won't be done but that it serves no purpose because like most of the illegal immigrants that we have in this country came into this country legally to begin with uh, through expired visas they're they're undocumented they overstayed their visas and that's why i ask people i'm like so how does someone that comes into this country legally on a green card, then let's that green card expire. How does that wall stop them? Yeah. How does that wall stop well, a boat? How does that wall stop the tunneling of drugs underneath? How does that stop any of that shit? Yeah. How does it stop someone coming from through Europe coming into, you know, New York? Well, and apparently they're going to do the wall like a 10 feet into the ground. To then avoid they just tunnels. dig deeper. Then they just dig a deeper fucking yeah. tunnel. But I mean, they're, they're talking. I mean, at one point I thought they were talking about like, like tracking devices on on visa people coming in with a visa oh no it wasn't on the visa it was on the fucking person well no on the on the person right on yeah. the person so like that implant if they overstay their visa we know where they we are we can track them down yeah did you did you guys ever see that video uh of, they got a bunch of and maybe maybe it was mock it might have <laughs> it was so fucking stupid it was maybe it was the whole thing was bullshit it just it's like John Oliver was saying it's hard to tell with Trump supporters. Yeah. But it was a video where they got a bunch of Trump supporters in for a focus group. Oh, that was real. Of the cartoon. Or not cartoons, of the commercials. Yes, that was real. That with, was and the um, guy that they hired a guy to be a Trump impersonator and, and, and say the all these really fucking outrageous things. That yeah. came that well, came yeah. from uh and all the Triumph. goddamn and yeah, oh, Triumph the, the, the dog. dog. The, they did the that on their show. Dog. That was yeah. real. Yeah. Right. And so, and like they were proposing these ideas like, well, we'll just put a portalettes at, at Home Depot yeah. that will lock and then we'll just pick up the portalettes and, and, in, and in ship them, it, yeah. and drive them to Mexico. Yeah, put yeah. it on a truck Humanely. and drive them back across the border. And people were like, hmm, oh, yeah. 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 Oh, I, I think that it. could work. Yeah. And then, then they take it one step further and, and say, well, we'll just build like cheap housing and, and do the same thing. And now not only will they be back in Mexico, but they'll have a house. Yeah. 
And oh yeah, that's humane. That yeah. sounds very <laughs> nice. But what what fucking blew my mind was that one woman who was like proposing this idea of going down. Well, yeah, and they were saying, well, how do we keep while we're building the wall? How do we keep Mexicans from coming in? And she was saying, well, well, you know, we could just go down there with like a an injection that we can say is a vaccine. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. And and I'm thinking to myself, well, if we're going to go down there with an injection, air quotes, that that we say is a vaccine and we're going to vaccinate yeah. air quotes all the Mexicans, then why do we need a wall anyway? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if if we're if 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 you're Mexico, overthinking this, Grant. <laughs> if Mexico becomes the the American Auschwitz, then then why do we need a fucking wall to begin with? Yeah. I mean, if if that's a solution, and no. and she was just going, everyone at the table was just kind of nodding their head. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. But yeah, then at the end of the when they got those that. people to say like the the ad slogans, oh my form, god, it's like, it's like fuck, they're saying this shit. <laughs> Holy that's fuck! A, I, and they're not questioning it. They're not questioning anything. Well, and that's why I'm saying I I'm not sure if it's real because it's hard for me to believe people are that stupid. But they well, are. I mean, when you throw in when you throw in really ignorant people who already have one 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 track of thought. Yeah. And then you throw in on top of that the group psychology of having them all together and everybody reinforcing uh, uh, agreeing those with it. Yeah, it's it's and a recipe you, for disaster. And then you yeah. add in the fact that Trump gave them a personal phone call. Well, and then yeah, Trump gave them. A, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I think that's a valid point because who who wants to be in a group setting? Who wants to be the one person who says that's bullshit? No, that's there's something wrong there. Not many people can do it. No, because it's really because then they're yeah. they're afraid they're going to be dumped on by everyone else. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they don't want to be the other. They want to they want to paint everybody else as the other. Yeah, and they don't want. I mean, they they're already in a group where all of the people there have painted an entire group of people as other and bad they don't want to lump themselves in with the people that, who everybody in the yeah, room yeah. is saying is other and bad yeah. and that we need to keep out because then they'll be out yeah no and that's that's true yeah bad humans well that wraps it up for us this evening thank you very much for tuning in everybody thank you grant for staying here as late as it is this evening absolutely happy happy to join in appreciate it very much i'm sure we'll have you back again Several times in the future. Hope so. I I love doing this. <laughs> well, I love I mean, ranting. Uh, it, from the way it's been going with the numbers rising, I'm like, well, we're going to be in episode 200 in no time. You think? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it, it seems it feels like it's like coming it. a lot faster than... That's that's yeah. like when you said, like, we're on episode 120, whatever. Are you, 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 like, you going to oh, celebrate this time? Right, we should. Yeah. <laughs> We should think of something. We'll do that's, something. That's what you kept saying for yeah. 100. Yeah. But nothing came up. Like, no, we didn't, like, it, it, it fell the wayside. You get busy. Yeah, well, and it kind of sneaked you, up on us. Like, yeah. we didn't even really think about it You've until we were. jobs. And, yeah. Well, and it, we, we didn't really even you think like about it until we were in the. were like or something. Yeah. I mean, I think it was maybe in the 80s that we even really thought well, about it. Well, maybe when we get to episode 150, we can have an episode 100 party. <laughs> <laughs> Or or that's when we'll know, we, okay, we should start planning for 200. What are yeah. we going to do? <laughs> All right. Once again, thank for, thanks for tuning in and thanks for joining us, Grant. And yeah. we will chat at you all next week. Actually, next week will be, if uh, all goes according to plan, a compilation of, of Matt, Matt Rants. Rants.
that I'm sure you will all that enjoy. That should be fun. And the following week, we will be covering the first American president candidate debate, which oh, will I'm be a so lot of fun. looking forward to that. Uh, Unscripted Trump again. It's, I can't, it's, I'm very excited for it. I'm, I'm sad that I'm not going to be here to watch it live, but I'll, I'll be in Mexico. So. I'll, I'll be at work that night, so I'll get to watch hopefully, it live. Hopefully there won't be something that happens that instantly installs <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump is president. Borders are shut down. And a wall is built by the time we're back. Who's, who's moderating? Is that the NBC with Lester Holt? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. I'd, I'd have to look into that, but yeah. But we will be covering that on the episode in a few weeks. Okay. Should be a lot of fun. Cool. All right. Say goodnight, ladies. Good night, ladies. ladies. <laughs> yes, again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> If I could save time in a bottle The first thing that I'd like to do Is to save every day Till eternity passes away Just to spend them with you If I could make days last forever if words could make wishes come true I'd save every day like a treasure And then again I would spend them with you But there never seems to be enough time To do the things you want to do once you find them I've looked around enough to know you're the one I want to go through time with If I had a box just for wishes And dreams that had never come true the box would be empty Except for the memory of how They were answered by you But there never seems to be enough time To do the things you want to do Once you find them I've looked around enough to know I think that's I long enough. Swallow. I had to swallow. Uh, it's I funny what the microphones I pick up when you're trying to I quiet. <laughs>